It's Amy's Table, a girl's guide to living with Amy Tobin on Q102. Pull up a chair and join us. James O'Loughlin is just a regular old Cincinnati guy who self-taught himself about how to invest in cryptocurrencies. And if you're like me, cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin, I know nothing about it. But here's the deal. James made enough to pay off his house in College Hill, and he follows a system of choosing a budget, holding on to the coin until you reach your goal, and then cashing out. You can't make money until you sell. He's vice president of a website development company called Primax Studios and is also on my producer Joe's cycling team. Glad you could stop all this long enough to join me on Amy's Table. I'm happy to be here. Thanks. So I was so interested that um, we saw something flashing by on the TV one day when we were actually taping another interview about Bitcoin. And I said something to Joe about Bitcoin. I know nothing about this Bitcoin. And my son, who's in his 20s, has a friend who has made a bunch of money on Bitcoin. And I thought, how do I just not even have any concept? And then Joe told me about you. And I said, hey, I wonder if James would come and talk to us. I'm I'm happy to be here. Uh, I can start at the top as to just what a Bitcoin and a cryptocurrency is. Okay. So that essentially Bitcoin is a decentralized currency. These are some some concepts that might not make sense. Well, what uh, a fiat currency is, like the US dollar, is a, a currency that is backed and supported by a government or institution. So our US Treasury prints billions of dollars a day and at a rate that the, the Treasury and the government deem necessary to keep inflation intact and and what I'm not a, a financial wizard by any means, but they have a system to you know keep the interest rates at a at a good rate and keep printing money so it doesn't lose its value. That's a centralized currency called a fiat. The U.S. dollar, the euro, the yen, the ruble are all sort of centralized currency. A decentralized currency means that it doesn't have a central banking system. What it is is essentially Bitcoin is software that is running on different computers around the internet. So the Bitcoin itself is a concept. It's the software concept that we don't need a central bank to exchange a currency. And it, the currency itself will only have value if people believe in it. So now the more people that are believing in Bitcoin, the more value it has. Essentially, they're investing, they're, they're putting their US dollars in buying Bitcoins. So the Bitcoin software that's running around the internet is, is validating every transaction. So if I was to send you one Bitcoin or 0.1 Bitcoin, all this Bitcoin software that's running on the inter- internet, this decentralized currency, is validating every transaction. And it's doing this and writing it into what's called a blockchain or ledger. And that ledger is immutable. It can never be changed. So every transaction is being validated and verified in, in essentially real time. And that's why banking institutions and a lot of people are in, interested in this, this concept because this decentralized ledger is, is you can't fake it. Where in our bank, if I'm going to use US Bank, Hunt, I use Huntington, and I'm going to go to Target and buy something, it's stored on my Huntington Bank ledger. It's stored in one place. Right. With this other concept, Bitcoin is essentially nodes or computers around the internet running that software, and it's storing 
every transaction. So that uh, so you, you can't bounce a Bitcoin check. You can't bounce a Bitcoin <laughs> check. And and the, so the other nice thing about Bitcoin is there's a limited supply. Unlike the fiat where they just print it as much as they want until our government ceases to exist, there will only be 21 million Bitcoins ever in existence. So what's what's interesting about it now is let's say a Bitcoin's worth $1000 and I wanted to send you $1000, I would send from my wallet to your wallet, it's verified by all the tra- all the computers on the on the internet running Bitcoin software, and then it would show up in your wallet. It's no longer in my wallet, so I just sent you one Bitcoin. But if I was going to send you ten dollars or a dollar, I would send you a fractional amount, so 0.01 or 0.001 BTC is the initials. I would send that to you. So when Bitcoin makes it to twenty thousand or a hundred thousand, and I'm going to you know, buy a car for 25000 I would send you 0.25 BTC to the auto dealer or whoever if it's worth 100000 So the more in demand it becomes when it's less available, when all these Bitcoins have been created, and I'll get into that, that's called mining. So the more it, it, it becomes of, of value, you'll be sending less and less of them. And some people predict that a Bitcoin will be 10000 20000 50000 100000 and I believe that unless it all fails, which is a potential there. Well, so I have so many questions yeah, all at once. So many people have questions. <laughs> it's fun. The first is, I just want you to, to clarify. You said there will never be more than 21 million Bitcoins. Yes. So who chose that? There's a, a, a person or institution named Satoshi. The person that, that designed the software that first initially wrote a white paper on the software and program the software. The interesting thing I said, so Bitcoin is software that's running on all computers. It's open source. So everybody knows how it works. So everybody, so it's in people's, it, it's in the, the developer's best interest to make sure that nobody's going to hack it, that nobody's going to take it over. And then everybody understands how the software is running and what it does. So it's it's constantly being well, it's constantly being updated and, and uh, um, patched and, and made sure that, that it's as secure as can possibly be. So Satoshi made the, made the, the first Bitcoin concept in 2009. Okay. And I actually, I heard about it in 2011 and I told a coworker and I said, you know, Matt Harbaugh. And I was, I was like, I don't really understand what, what is the, like a virtual current? Like this makes no sense. And then in 2012, he he Matt came back to me and he said he said that bitcoin stuff we should maybe we should start mining it and i know this is an abstract concept what does mining mean so i was like sure let's start doing it so we bought some computers and we started you know mining these and and we were we were creating bitcoins from our computers doing work so now i'm going to step back to that ledger so bitcoin is is this ledger that is verifying everything so what's happening is is I'm running the Bitcoin software. The more work I contribute to verifying this ledger, I, I they're calling that mining. I will be rewarded for the work I do. My computer will be rewarded with Bitcoins. It's built into the algorithm that I will be rewarded for doing work to keep this network running. So doing work to keep the network running, meaning you are... Running Bitcoin software and verifying the transactions. Okay. So does the whole success of Bitcoin then depend on the success of your software and your computer and your skills? 
I think the success depends on the belief in the currency. So when we first mined our first bitcoins, I, I was you, you had them and you couldn't really sell them. We sold our first bitcoin for thirty five dollars on eBay. We were mining one bitcoin a day, and you know that was just the market value of a bitcoin right. was. So the more that people became aware of bitcoin, they they wanted them. So the first actual transaction of bitcoins was ten thousand bitcoins for a pizza. So because it had no value, you know, people were just exactly. making it. So at today, I mean, we're at, we're at about ninety. Let's just say ten thousand. You know, so so it's at ten thousand dollars a bitcoin today. When he wow. did it, it was yeah. So that that person that got that pizza, you know, they're in the millions. Sure. Right well, you know, it's funny you say as long as people believe in it, every once in a while I will think about money and mm-hmm. the fact that, first of all, currency seems to kind of be going away, you know, even yeah, when's, though... How much, how many dollars do you have in your in your wallet? I almost never have yeah, any. it's all digital. It is all digital. But the other thing is at one point, somebody gave somebody else a rock and made someone believe there was value in it. So, I mean, I get that we have to believe in Bitcoin to make it real, if yeah, that makes that's, sense. Yeah, it, it becomes so... So the U.S. Treasury, I mean, they're they're printing billions out, but they're loan. So they essentially loan it to the banks at a rate. A lot of that doesn't e- exist. There's right. not a paper dollar there. Right. And then the banks is, are essentially a brick and mortar middleman that will loan it to you at a higher rate. So the th- the the interesting thing about the the cryptocurrency and and the development of value is that this is. What I like to say is a lot of millennials and people that in, are investing in this are investing in a concept or belief or technology or even a meme. There's a Bitcoin based on the on a on a dog, doji, you know, so they're investing in this and they could care less about, you know, I've been investing in stocks for a while and shares. I, they could care less that, you know, that the Apple stock is going up or down this this institution is supporting a CEO, is supporting, you know, right. all the workers. When you invest in a cryptocurrency, as it grows, you have immediate return on the increase of value. So the other thing with the, it, the cryptocurrency is it's global and the markets are open 24-7. So I can send money to Zimbabwe, to Paris, to Medina, you know, to right. Sacramento, wherever if somebody has a wallet or a business or institution has a Bitcoin wallet, I can send Bitcoin to them. They can use what's called an exchange to transfer it from a um, you know a Bitcoin into a dollar. So I think uh, where you know, the Bitcoin's original intent was to sort of remove banks, I think banks are still necessary within the construct of the country that you're in because you're going to want to exchange it for the currency of that country to be able to use it. So they're going to play hand in hand as we progress here. Thanks, James. Hold that thought. We'll be right back after a quick break on Amy's Table. Stick around for another helping from Amy's Table on Q102. Q!